Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. During the height of the coronavirus pandemic, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sent thousands of infected elderly people to their deaths in nursing homes. He should be ashamed of himself. Instead, he wrote a book touting his leadership. But now, the truth has finally caught up with the governor. This is Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell. Welcome back to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. I have a big show for you guys. My guest this week is Janice Dean, the senior meteorologist for Fox News Channel. She's also the best-selling author of Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. In recent months, Janice has become a fearless critic of New York Governor's Andrew Cuomo for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic, especially his decision in March to order nursing homes to accept infected patients. Thousands of elderly people died of COVID as a result. Among them were both of Janice's in-laws, who passed away in New York nursing homes from the virus last year. Since then, Janice has become such a powerful voice that a growing number of Republicans are calling on her to run for governor in 2022. I'll ask her about that. I'll also ask her about Cuomo's handling of the pandemic and much more. Let's go. Miss Janice Dean, how are you? I am wonderful. It's so nice to talk to you, my friend. It's been so long since we, we've seen each other in New York. Uh, not been in studio for uh, quite a while myself, uh, but it's always warm when I see you and your smile lights up my day. And I'm not just saying that to say something. You're really, really full of joy and happiness. And I'm so thankful uh, to know you, to call you a friend, to be a colleague, because I think you do bring joy to the world. Oh, what do I say to that? I feel exactly the same way about you. I mean, it's been so long since we've seen each other face to face in the hallway. And when I do see you, uh, I'm going to give you the world's biggest hug. (laughs) And, um, you know, you bring sunshine as well, my friend. No, I truly appreciate that. So thank you for coming on uh, Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. And Janice, I want to begin by playing a clip of you from Fox News a few days ago. Just to set up the clip for our listeners, back in March, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signed an executive order mandating nursing homes to accept elderly people with COVID. 
Thousands of people died in the nursing homes as a result. And then just this past week, New York Attorney General James released a damning report showing that Como's administration underreported the number of deaths due to COVID in New York nursing homes by perhaps 50 percent. This could increase the number of actual deaths just in nursing homes from a, from around 8,700, the current official figure, to over 13,000. And I just want to read this one line from the report. While we cannot bring back the individuals we lost to this crisis, this report seeks to offer transparency that the public deserves and to spur increased action to protect our most vulnerable residents. Now, here's what you said in response to all of this. I don't really know what to say. I, when I saw the report and I knew that it was coming probably an hour before it was released, uh, I called my husband and I called my sister-in-law and I said that maybe the angels won. Maybe the angels will have their day in court and maybe this governor will be held accountable, Harris. I didn't want to be in this position. I'm not a political person, but my family was affected and I wasn't seeing the coverage. I wasn't seeing the questions being asked of this governor. He continued to pass the blame on everyone else and everything else. And he still, to this day, will not accept any responsibility. And there were lawsuits and there were journalists that wanted to do good and get those numbers for all of the families that deserve them. And finally, today, there is a ray of light. There is sunshine in darkness. And I thank this attorney general. I know that there have been thousands of families that have written letters and have wanted to have answers. And I'm so grateful on behalf of all all of them for giving me love and support because this is never a role I thought I would ever be in Harris but I'm so grateful today that justice might be served wow and I gotta tell you listening to that makes me want to cry those words are just sincerely so powerful and to be a fighter for thousands of people that you don't even know um, on behalf of your family and many, many others, just to see justice done. I mean, that that's just such an awesome, awesome action that you've taken. And I want to thank you personally for that. And if you could just elaborate, elaborate on what you're feeling because of this new report. What are your thoughts on the findings? How are you feeling? How's your family feeling and doing? I teared up when I heard that because it's the first time I've heard it back and it's hard because that's raw. That was raw emotion. I remember Harris asking me or the producer of Harris's show, um, Rachel, who I love, Rachel McEntee, who I've worked with for 17 years. And she emailed me and she said, will you come on with Harris? Um, and it, the report had just been issued. So I was looking over it um, and I hadn't read all of it, but I knew what it what it had. And it had information that we have been wanting for months for 10 months we knew this governor was hiding the numbers and to know that the attorney general who is a democrat by the way who was endorsed by cuomo who conducted her own investigation into this governor and came up with the answers we've been wanting for so many months it was like a ray of light but I will say it's just a door opening because 
I truly want this governor and his administration and his health department to have to go in front of a jury and have to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth in front of families who lost loved ones because of this governor's mandate to put infected patients into nursing homes when we had no idea that was happening. We never got a heads up. And to have that happen for 46 days. So this is hopefully a beginning. Um, yesterday or Friday, the governor held a press conference and he didn't even talk about the AG report until reporters at the very end were asked questions. And he went back to the old ways of blaming everyone else, still blaming Trump. Um, and so I feel like he's learned nothing. He still won't, even though his attorney general in New York has come out with this damning 76-page report, he continues to deny and blame and not accept any accountability. So I would like a bipartisan investigation with subpoena power where we can put him on the stand and a jury determines what happens next. And you, you believe that there was, in fact, a cover up here? I do. I really do. Because if he had nothing to hide, why would he work so hard not to give us those numbers? I mean, he went on television and was using bad statistics because he wouldn't give us the numbers. He was always, he would always say, oh, well, you know, New York is 46, 46th in, uh, of 50 states in terms of nursing home deaths. So he was using the numbers that were not legit to, to help his cause in saying, I didn't do anything wrong. And it, it wasn't my mandate to put COVID positive patients into nursing homes. So he, he would lie every day. Um, and we had the Justice Department has an investigation into this. There were several reporters using the FOIL Act to get the numbers and kept being stonewalled and kept they uh, his health department would say, we don't have we don't have access to those numbers. We'll get back to you. We, we need to do more research. And yet when the AG report came out, all of a sudden they had the numbers or at least part of them. I want to turn now to the aftermath of Como's lethal executive order and how he's tried to portray himself as a hero when he's really more of a villain. But first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Now, in response to this report, which was interesting to me to hear from the governor, he was incredibly defensive during a press conference, he dismissed his critics as politically motivated and said this exact quote, who cares whether 33% or 29% died in the hospital, died in a nursing home, they died. How callous can you be to make a statement like that? That's him. That's, that's him, unfortunately. I've covered him for 10 months now, and he... He just has no empathy. I actually think it's a personality uh, defect. I, I know that sounds that might sound callous, but I do think that's part of his personality. He doesn't he isn't able to have any empathy at all uh, for the families. If he had come out in the very beginning and said, "I'm sorry for your loss. I made a mistake. I got bad information. I shouldn't have put those." patients into nursing homes. I feel so bad. Um, we wouldn't be here today. I would have accepted that had he said, you know, we're in the middle of a hundred year pandemic and no one saw this coming. And I, I, I am so sorry for your loss. Had he done that, but he, he's not capable of doing that. Um, and so, you know, my response is, I always assumed he re- really didn't care about our families. And now with that response, I'm sure of that. And tragically, both your in-laws died in New York nursing homes from the coronavirus last year. I was hoping you could take us back to that day and just describe what that time was like for you and your husband on a personal level, if you're comfortable doing so. Of course. I mean, it's very difficult. But I will tell you, I feel like it was his parents, my husband's parents, Mickey and Dee, that gave me the strength to continue because there were many times where I just thought I'm not going to win this fight. He's too powerful and he has too many people protecting him. 
You know, I felt sometimes like I was this little ant with the boulder going up the mountain. And um, they were great, wonderful people. Um, and, you know, I feel for people like my husband and I, who for many months didn't know how to care for his parents properly. They were in a four-story walk up in Brooklyn for, you know, over 50 years and their health was failing them. And, you know, my husband had aides that would go in to try to take care of them, but there were still trips to the ER and trips to the hospital. So there were many months of, of trying to come up with a way that we can take care of them and, and have 24-hour care. And Sean's dad had dementia and he um, his health was failing him. His mom had trouble walking, but her mind was spry. I mean, she, you know, every day he talked to her, sometimes two or three times a day. She was just this wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, but yeah, they both needed care. So we had to get his dad first in better shape to join his mom in an assisted living facility, which was close to us on Long Island, so that we could go visit them, bring the family. Um, and that was the plan. So Mickey was in a nursing home for rehab to get him in better health to join his wife, Dee. And coronavirus came in shortly after that. And we were in quarantine. Um, we weren't able to see them. We didn't even know his father was sick until a Saturday morning in late March when we got a call saying he wasn't feeling well and he had a fever. And, and then three hours later, we got a call saying he had died. So we had, we had no idea he was ill. And I remember getting a phone call a week or two before he got sick saying that he was going to be moved to another floor to allow more, to allow more uh, people in, to allow um, more people to come into the nursing home. And so that was a red flag for me, especially when I started to find out about the governor's mandate to put infected patients into in nursing homes. So his dad, we lost his dad first, and then my husband had to tell his mom about um, his dad passing away. Uh, it was the hardest thing he ever had to do. And she got sick and was transported to the hospital, and she was diagnosed with COVID. And she died shortly after being transported to the hospital. And her number didn't count because the governor didn't count those who got COVID in their elder care facilities but died in the hospital. So that's what I've been fighting for. That's what I have been vocal about is the two things, the COVID positive patients in a nursing homes for 46 days because of the governor's executive order and the fact that he wasn't counting those that died in the hospital. And so the release of the AG report last week helped bring some of those answers. So again, we see a governor who was looking to manipulate a situation in his favor. Meanwhile, your family and many other families had pretty much suffered the consequences. You know, this is, this is such a tough interview because it's such a serious subject matter. And there's one where you have an official who's in power, who's, Decision making is still impacting the lives of thousands of people, millions, actually, in New York State. And it's just troubling that there's been no apology. There's been no confession. Um, in fact, he's tried to say that he's pretty much been a hero 
in a way. And I, I'm I'm kind of confused about what was the initial reasoning for this executive order. As you understand it, do you know what the rationale was to send COVID patients? Was it the idea to prevent hospitals from being overcrowded with COVID patients? Uh, what was it? Do you know? We don't. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think we have to have an investigation. So, you know, the excuse is they didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals, that they had to put these COVID positive patients somewhere and that they thought the nursing homes uh, would have the, you know, the proper facilities to do that, uh, the proper equipment to do that. And as it turns out, they didn't. And they weren't allowed to test the patients coming in. They didn't want to discriminate against the patients. It actually says in the order, you, you, you don't you don't test these people. You know, you have to accept them. And the nursing home owner, owners and the operators that I've spoken with always thought that they could not turn them away. Uh, and the governor likes to say, well, it was based on, it was, you know, it's the federal government, it was the CDC. And, that, and that's pretty much been proven wrong. Um, we had the Comfort Ship, we had the Javits Center, and we had other makeshift hospitals that taxpayers spent millions of dollars on to put patients in. And my question has always been, why weren't they used for the overflow of COVID positive patients instead of putting them into nursing homes? There was a Wall Street Journal report that was issued a couple of months ago that said that Cuomo was told by one of his hospital lobbyists, who's a good friend of his and who has given millions of dollars to his campaign, that he was the one who suggested to put the patients into nursing homes. So this is, you know, this is bigger than all of us, to be honest with you. Um, I really think that there is a money trail, there's corruption, um, but you know, I'm only one person and, you know, I can't, I would love to be, spend all of my time trying to find these answers. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's where I hope this opens up doors to further investigations to find truth and to help those families feel like there is closure. We, we never had a wake or a funeral and we're Catholic. We never had last rites. Um, my husband never saw his parents at the, he was called when his mom was in the hospital. She died in the hospital and he, he was told she could, he could go see her when she had passed away in a room in a hospital. Janice. Wow. It's terrible, I know. It is. It's terrible. Wow. Oh, jeez. You're a good man, you I'm know. I'm so I, sorry. I know no, you are. Thank you, but I'm so sorry. I really am. I'm really so sorry. I know you are, and that means everything. I mean, you know, I, that's all we wanted. We just wanted an apology or something we never we never got it you know we never got it from him or the administration you know they just continue to blame others and he still continues to do that that's a powerful point janice let's take a quick break now and continue the conversation in a moment tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. And you know what's um, particularly interesting about this? He wrote this book, as you know, last year, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from COVID-19 Pandemic, which really should be a, a one sentence book which says, don't do what I did, um, honestly. <laughs> and he's trying to portray himself like a Lincoln or Lincoln or a Churchill. And it's just so upsetting. And I know you're very upset by this because there's no accountability. And we elect these people. We put them in office with the understanding of them leading through in situations like this, crises like this, one that we've never experienced before. But the truth is, will always be to take accountability, take responsibility for your actions. And clearly he's not done that. He's not at all. No. And he actually, I wrote an op-ed uh, a few weeks ago because I wanted to write about the tragic rise of this person. You know, how media enabled him to celebrate himself amidst a crisis and he was speaking at Riverside Church, and he said, a good leader will accept his mistakes and, you know, and, and admit them. He actually said that in a speech at Riverside Church. And I, I thought to myself, my God, does this man not, you know, take his own advice, you know? And he was in, he, but I, it's it's unbelievable to me that he was able to promote and sell this book for months. It was on the New York Times bestseller list. The nursing home issue was about two pages of that book. And again, he he blamed everyone except himself, the person that signed the order. And not only that, but he was revered in the media and and never asked the questions at all, ever. Never asked why he did it. Why didn't he use all of the facilities given to the 
you know, by the federal government, why he was why we didn't have the total number of seniors that died um, and given an Emmy Award. I mean, it it's almost like we live in this bizarro world where, you know, it, instead of um, journalists and, and people in the business um, asking questions, they were celebrating this man while we were while body bags were being piled up in storage trucks. What do you think of, of the mainstream media's refusal to hold him accountable? Of course, at Fox News Channel, you're going on Tucker's show and everyone else's show and you're holding him accountable. And it's a very powerful spotlight. We we both know that. But there's these other publications and media outlets. In fact, you um, were tweeting recently at NBC News and Lester Holt in the Today Show because they censored one of your censored one of your friends who lost a loved one in a nursing home. And as you write, she wanted to say Andrew Cuomo failed us in an interview, and they told her to say New York failed us instead. So yeah. they're still protecting him. They're still protecting him. It's it's unbelievable. And let me just say, I'm so grateful for Fox. I'm grateful for the New York uh, Post. I am grateful for some of the local journalists that really are still doing the work of what a journalist should do, and that is digging for answers. You know, he only takes certain questions at his press conference from from reporters he knows will throw him, you know, fat, uh, softballs. Um, so he has been protected. Every, you know, major network that he's ever gone on has never really asked him the question about the nursing homes. And if they do, they let him get away with the blame game and never following up. And to your point, my beautiful friend who lost her mom in a nursing home, and I've met so many wonderful families. I, you know, that's one beautiful um, thing out of this moment of tragedy is I've met so many wonderful new friends that have gone through the same thing. And NBC called her up because they were going to do a report on the AG report on uh, Thursday. And she's been interviewed a few times. She is very public about her story. And she told me that they sat down with her for a 20-minute Zoom interview. It was a producer, so it wasn't Lester Holt himself. Um, it was a producer, and she's very vocal about Cuomo. She will start every sentence with Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo issued this order. I blame Andrew Cuomo for my mother's death. She's very, she's always been that way. The rallies that I've been to, you know, she has the sign that says, I blame Andrew Cuomo for my mo mother's death. And so she kept saying that, you know, Cuomo failed us. You know, I I'm so grateful for the for this report, but... I blame my mother's death on Cuomo. And the producer said to her, I want you to stop saying Andrew Cuomo, and I would, I would like you to instead say, New York State failed me. New York State failed my family. And um, she, the report aired, and there was no Andrew Cuomo in there at all. They took that out. And the next day, she went on Facebook, and she just said, they censored me. They're still protecting him. And so, I'm, yeah. And so, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with um, being Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you're still protecting this man, um, I'm going to call you out. 
Yes, as you should, 100%. And interestingly enough, the nursing home debacle wasn't his only failure. He also completely screwed up New York's distribution of the COVID vaccines. There has been several reports on the vaccines needing to be thrown, uh, saying that the vaccines needed to be thrown out after basically going bad because the state couldn't settle on who should get the vaccine first. It was a uh, a disaster, basically. What are your thoughts on his failure uh, with the vaccine rollout? Another failure, yeah. And I, I said the other day that if the nursing home issue doesn't get him, then hopefully the fact that he is still endangering lives with not being able to put the vaccine in people's arms. Maybe that will make people pay attention to this governor and his failed leadership. They have had in place for many years uh, a plan for a vaccine rollout in this type of situation where the counties take it over. Every county has a plan and they have they have practiced this plan and it has been in place. Um, But he decided to throw that those plans out the window and again decide that it was going to be the private hospitals that were in charge of administering the vaccine. And so what does that tell you? That tell you, tells you there's deals going on, or at least in my mind, that if he's asking the hospitals to do this instead of the, the plan that was put in place for many years, then there's some something going on. Um, and the fact that the the online appointments that you had to make were like pulling teeth. I talked to so many people who were trying to make appointments online for their parents and their grandparents, and it was like you had to go through dozens of pages to get to the very end to try to get to a place to get the vaccine. And to this day, their appointments are being canceled or they're getting to the appointment and, and they're, they're, they don't have a place anymore. So I feel like this is just another example of this megalomaniac who just can't let other people lead. It's got to be him. And the last I checked, we are supposed to be living in a democracy, not a kingdom. Mm. You know what? He's putting lives in danger again. Um, and, uh, you know... I just, at some point, someone's got to take over and take this guy to task. How do you think history will view him in 10, 20, 50 years? Do you think the Bochkova response will be his chief legacy? I do. Yeah. You know, if you had asked me a week ago before this AG report, you would have been, <laughs> I would have said, I just, th- I think he's going to get away with it. I think he's going to get away with it because he has too much protecting him. And he bullies people. I mean, his administration has attacked me, has attacked my sister-in-law, my family, the other families. His um, his people that he surrounds himself with are online on Twitter attacking all of us instead of helping get vaccines into people's arms. You know, uh it's it's really incredible. I've I've heard many stories about reporters who get calls at midnight from one of his um, spokespeople yelling at them, saying, 
how dare you put that tweet up? Take it down immediately. So he's revered and he's feared in this town, in this state. But I've always said I've, I've got the angels on my side, Chiano. I've got the angels on my side. Absolutely. And I know that um, when a reporter asked um, someone from his administration about you specifically, uh, they were very dismissive of you. Have you heard from the administration uh, directly at all? Well, the times that I have written about the governor, they do ask his office for comment. And several times they've come back with, instead of, we're sorry for your loss, is there anything we can do? They've said, give us the names or give us the nursing homes where your husband husband's par- parents died and the exact dates. And it was like, prove it. Prove your husband's parents died. Yep. Twice they did that. And then there was the time where his office said, she's not a reliable, credible source, except for maybe doing the weather. Yeah. Um, And then they came after my sister-in-law, who's been very vocal on social media, like I have. And uh, Rich as a party, who is his main spokesperson, told her to get a life. He's called these families that have had lo- that have lost loved ones a death cult. Gianno. You know, while they're, while they're talking about recalling Gavin Newsom in, in California, and I think they should, they should recall this governor 100% because his decisions are really costing lives and has cost so many, way too many. Now, there have been reports that Republicans in New York and across the country are calling on you to run for governor. I want to ask you about that after we take a quick break. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green. 
Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Now, you have been all over the place, all over media, talking about your experiences. You've called for investigations. And there's been recent reports from a growing number of Republicans across the country and in New York. And I'm one of those Republicans who's made this, this statement, too, talking about you running for governor and challenging Cuomo should he seek a fourth term in 2022. What can you tell us? Any big news to break here on Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell? This is the place to do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, never in a million years would I have thought that at some point in my life, someone would suggest me for, <laughs> for a political office. It's, it's crazy. Um, I'm flattered, and that's very kind, and... I do believe that someone should get into politics if they really want to make a change and they don't want to do it for the reasons of, you know, being in power or career politicians like Cuomo. I mean, his his father was, was governor for many years and almost tried to run to be a president. And I believe this governor, this current governor wants to be president someday. Um I don't think I have the fortitude to do it. I, I really, um, I love my job so much at Fox and I've been there for 17 years and they are like a family to me. People don't realize that. You know that. I know that. They, this is something they've never had to deal with. A, a person that works at the company who's had a tragedy happen and all of a sudden have become an accidental advocate. They have been unbelievably supportive of me and my family and what I am trying to do. And, you know, there have been reporters that have gone to our media relations people and said, well, you know, I see Janice Dean at these rallies with a microphone, like, you know, what's all, what's that about? Isn't she just supposed to be the meteorologist? And they have backed me up and I'm so grateful for that. Um, I, I just, uh, again, it's very, it's, it's so lovely that people would say that. And, and it, I think it's important that people who do run for office have challenges in their life or something that happens that make them really want to make and inspire change. So I'll never say never, but I will say I do so love my job at Fox. It would be very difficult to give that up. Yeah, that sounds like the response of a person who's really considering <laughs> <running>. <laughs> I'm listening to everything. You, it's, 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 it's almost similar to what I had Laura Trump on the podcast. She told me something like that. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, Dean Kane just the other day was on the podcast, and he's considering running for the governor of California. Yeah, Dean is great. He's amazing. But, love him yeah he's awesome like just a, a genuine person very authentic and we appreciate that and you obviously are as well now i know you love your job and you do a tremendous job at it you also do a tremendous job at being an advocate for people who cannot speak up for themselves they don't have a platform and you've done it tremendously well and you've put exposure on this issue that may have never even received it because of you 
It has resonated with people's hearts beyond New York State and D.C. and all over the country, even the world. What better person to run for office than somebody who's legitimately doing it for the right reason for the people? And you have been doing it for the people. So what what would the main factors be that would go into your decision about possibly doing it? That I have no clue how to do something like that. I mean, I wouldn't know the first step at all. And I would have to check, obviously, with my family. I know my husband would support me whatever decision I made um, and, you know, what my kids would think. So I haven't even gone down that road, my friend, even thinking about it, you know. Um, I would hope that somebody that who would take this governor on, and to be quite honest with you, I don't know if he's going to be able to run for a fourth term after this. I... I, you know, I feel like he might not be able to do it. And so how about I let you know? <laughs> okay, you'll let me know. It sounds as though maybe if he doesn't run, maybe you you may not do it. Maybe if he runs, I'm not I'm not sure. But in any event, um, what would your political philosophy be and what issues are most important to you? Even if I were never to go into politics, I think one thing that I would like to do in my career is help the elderly, is help the nursing homes, because the one thing that this whole event has done is shone a light on the fact that we need a change in the way these nursing homes are run. Um, there's a lot of shady business that apparently, you know, from what I've seen that goes on, um, and that needs to be fixed. We need to do this so that, you know, our relatives, our family members are taken care of to the best of our ability. You know, um, Sean's parents were not doing well, and I would have loved to have been able to physically put them in our homes and have aids in our homes. It wasn't possible. And for those people who aren't able to do that, maybe there is a way to do that. Maybe we can find funding so that we can build onto our homes to have our loved ones, you know, live with us and have the ability to have people take care of them in our own homes. Why can't we do that instead of, you know, putting all of our faith into these nursing homes that may not be doing it for the right reasons to take care of our beautiful relatives, you know? So um, I do see my, at some point, being an advocate for the elderly and people, our greatest generation that deserve more, that deserve to live in dignity uh, and, and not have something like a pandemic and bad decisions by bad leaders um, decide their fate. Absolutely. And before I shift gears, because I want to talk talk about your book, one last question. If you were to run, would it be as a Democrat, Republican, Independent? It's hard to tell with you. Unlike a lot of our colleagues at Fox, I know you um, you have a very high role as, as a senior meteorologist. And you when you talk about things, even on Twitter, you don't really have a political st- a bent of any kind it doesn't seem like it's hard to detect where you may be on one issue or another 
So I'm not sure if you're maybe more of a Republican, independent, Democrat or what. Would you care to tell us or is that a conversation for another day? I think it might be a conversation for another day because I do love the fact that they that people don't know uh, what my, you know, my politics are. I always said that the only red and blue that I see on my map are areas of high pressure and low pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. Uh, Talking about your best selling book, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. For those who may not know, could you tell us a bit about the book? I think your message is so important, especially with where we are as a country right now. A lot of people are struggling. I wrote that book um, because I we've all been through challenges, right? I think I think if you look at another human being and realize that you have never walked in their shoes, you don't know what happened to them, you know, throughout their lives to make them the person that they are today. And so we shouldn't judge. We should try not to. And I've been through many things in my life that I've realized have been hard times, but they've also given me strength I never knew I had. Um, Sometimes they've put me on a different path altogether to where I am right now, which is my greatest role as a mom, as a wife, um, as a human being. And uh, you know, and our audience, most of the audience knows that I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis over 15 years ago. And that was really one of the darkest times in my life where I really thought my life was over. I, I thought that, you know, all of these things that I had done in my life and my career were probably going to end because I was going to spend the rest of my life likely in a wheelchair. Um, and so I looked at during that time for books or people who could, who had been diagnosed as well with MS, but were thriving instead of you know, going down this, this path of, of, um, oh, woe is me type of thing. And, uh, you know, just sort of took the information and forged ahead. And I was able to find somebody, uh, who works with us, Neil Cavuto, who was very vocal about his diagnosis with MS. I went into his office and I spent probably an hour with him and he turned the television off and sat next to me and, handed me Kleenexes while I told him that, you know, what happens to my career? What happens to my, um, you know, will I ever get married or have children? Who's going to want me? Who's going to, you know, I'm going to be damaged goods. And he just sat there and he, he listened to me and afterwards said, you are going to be okay. You work for a great company that will build ramps for wheelchairs if we need them. And you will get through this. And that was sort of a a light in my life. I will never forget him for that. I adore that man. Um, but when I wrote the book, I had that in mind. I wrote a book so that people who were faced with challenges and not just illness, but maybe, you know, a death in the family or some kind of issue in their life that where things are dark. I wanted to let them know that things can be dark, but through those challenges sometimes come beautiful destinations and look at all of the wonderful things that I have done and accomplished after that dark period and after hearing just a good person giving giving hope. 
So that was what that book was all about. And Neil, for people who don't know, Neil Cavuto is a big part of the reason why I have a contract with Fox News. And I, I, I'm sure you didn't know that. Um, but Neil, I sat in his office, too, and he was asking me a lot of questions. And he just thought that um, I had a big, bright future. And he even told me, I think you have a very bright future in television. And that's beyond Fox News, he told me. And I'll never forget how he, to me, is a, a big brother and a mentor. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for, for him as well. Um, you know, we may not always agree, but who does? Uh, certainly on everything, but I, I really love him. I do. And I'm glad to hear that he's made a, such a positive impact on your life as well. Absolutely. He's one of the good guys. He really is. He cares. He's a, he is a caring, wonderful human being that wants to help others. And sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes we just need to sit down and talk to somebody who can give us a perspective and give us good advice um, without judgment that can change your day and that can change your life you know absolutely I love I love how you said that now one last question for all of my listeners uh, trucking through the cold right now how bad is the rest of the winter <laughs> going to be for them <laughs> oh I love it that's a good question my friend and I always say that I don't like forecasting seven days out uh, just because anything past seven days is a is really a coin toss. Um, I can give you all sorts of statistics and go down history and what kind of jet stream we've had in the past. And but to be honest with you, we we don't really know past seven days. Um, you know, again, we can go out sort of historically and, and look at uh, different maps of 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 you know, what it looks like now in terms of what it looked like in the past, you know, the things that we look at in the higher layers of the atmosphere that that makes the weather. But I will tell you that we right now are into one of the coldest periods so far of the season. And California is getting incredible amounts of moisture right now, which is a good news, bad news situation. It's good news because it's going to help them with the drought. Um, But they are getting a, a an incredible amount of rain and mountain snow spreading over much of the West. So that's that's an, a really amazing weather pattern that's that's hitting them. That doesn't happen very often. And for us, it's it's very cold in New York, and that has sort of um, the fact that we've had Arctic air kind of move in. That set the table for maybe some snow in our um, not so distant future. Meaning, you know happening now <laughs> we're gonna get some snow um so listen uh so far it's been a pretty mild winter let's just say that and we're already into february so listen as much as i'd like to say that the rest of the winter might be okay we've had some pretty wicked storms in february and march that bring a lot of snow so um i wish i could give you a better sort of outlook but um I'm just one of those people that says I can show you the forecast within the next three to four days. And even that's not going to be sometimes very accurate. 
<laughs> well, I can tell you is it's very sunny here in Florida. So <laughs> I'm glad to know that I'm not a part of any of these uh, snowy states like New York, uh, Illinois, or any of those well, places. Well, it's sunshine all day for you, my friend. <laughs> you got sunshine all day. Exactly. You got sunshine I was, all day. Um, I was at dinner um, with uh, one of our colleagues and some friends, Lisa Booth, and she was saying how love yeah she's pretty awesome she was saying how how happy she is to be out of new york because the weather's terrible and so is the governor (laughs) on that note (laughs) on that note (laughs) before before we go can you tell everyone where they can find you your shows your social media handles and if you have any big projects coming up because we would love to support them I actually have a book coming out in March that I would love to come and uh, talk to you about when it comes out. This this book I'm so proud of because it's not about me. It is about wonderful people doing kind things for others, and it's called Make Your Own Sunshine. And I do something on Fox News Radio called The Dean's List. I've been doing it for years now. It's a It's a good news story that I do every single day that I record. And I've gotten such wonderful feedback over the years. And I always thought to myself, that that would be a good book someday, is taking my favorite dean's lists and putting them into a book and sort of expanding, giving everybody their own chapter. And so that's what I've been working on for the past year. It started pre-pandemic, and then I was still writing during the pandemic. And I will tell you, it brought great joy and and brought me sunshine during a very dark period doing these stories about wonderful people doing extraordinary things for others from you know from a woman who um had a compromised child she had type 2 diabetes and they were very scared of her getting covid so she had a sign out of outside her her door outside of her house that said please if you're bringing a delivery um Put the package on the doorstep and, you know, just leave it there because we have an, uh, a compromised person that lives at this residence. And a FedEx driver who saw the sign and who didn't realize he was being, you know, videotaped or videotaped because of, a, you know, one of those Nest cameras. He went back to his FedEx truck and got, a, you know, uh, a sanitizing spray and sprayed the package and wiped it down and left didn't do it uh you know to get any kind of um fanfare he just he had a child that was also compromised and knew that he wanted to do anything he could uh so that the package was safe for that uh for that mom and her child and she decided to put it on twitter and it went viral and she's the first story in the book. And I've become such good friends with her, actually. We spoke during the pandemic. She knew what had happened with my husband's parents. Um, she's been just such a light in my life. But that's an example of the type of stories that I focus on on this book. It's called Make Your Own Sunshine. It's a beautiful book. It has a special place in my heart because I wrote a lot of it during a really dark time. Well, we look forward to getting that book when it comes out. And it comes out in March? It does. Early March. Early March. Well, we'll be certainly looking out for that. Um, Can you give us your social media handles, please? 
Of course. So on Twitter, I'm at Janice Dean, and I'll give you a forecast, but there's also going to be, you know, some stormy weather when it comes to the governor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the only stormy weather we like. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, on Instagram, I'm at Janice Dean FNC, and then on Facebook, I'm at Janice Dean. So... I'm going to have to follow you on Instagram. I, I didn't have your your Instagram. That's, but I'll well, I'll follow you here. right back. What's yours, Absol- my friend? Absolutely. Giano at Giano Caldwell. Got it. So that's pretty easy. Right. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you've um, really, really provided so much hope in this conversation. I mean, we laugh together. We cry together. It's, it's awfully sad what has taken place but when there's someone like you on the front lines fighting for those who can't fight for themselves i think at the end of the day it will be very sunny so we appreciate you janice thing for all that you do and all that you mean to all of us so thank you so much my friend for coming on i truly appreciate you joining out loud with giano caldwell you are a wonderful human my friend and I am so grateful for your support and your love and your constant, I don't know, humanity, I guess is what I want to say, because I feel that you are such a good person and I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Thanks to Janice Dean for a great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingrich360.com and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Gianno Caldwell. And if you're interested in learning more about my story, please pick up a copy of my best-selling book titled Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans and Liberalism Failed. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Klingman, and executive producers Debbie Myers, and of course, the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.